0: Amen. Hallelujah. How many want to remain young? Anybody want to remain young? Some of you getting around 60 years old, you're saying, yeah, I want to remain young. Uh, What is it, Zach, flipping good? I'm going to start talking like them guys. Flipping good. I don't know what that means, but it sounded good. Amen. I, I, um, I was at the nursing home and my wife, well, my wife had been there and Visited my mother and I come in that afternoon and they were talking about it and my wife had taped it a little bit. She started playing a song to my mom and she's about 90 years old and it was kind of an upbeat song. And She said, ooh, I like that. She, she started getting into it. And I thought, oh, go, mama, go, mama, 90 years old. Amen. I love a lively, vibrant church. How about you? I love a lively, vibrant people. How about you? Now that's better. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about the work of the Holy Spirit in relationship to the church and actually I got to looking and I got to really thinking about my message and the first part of the verses of scripture we'll probably get into will probably not reach the last part of the scriptures that I really want to get to but because of time I've kind of over prepared and I don't want to be here until 12.30 1 o'clock but we are going to get into what the Lord is speaking to us and what I feel like the Lord is going to say to us and maybe I'll finish this sermon at another time but this morning I just want to simply preach to you about the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. Theologians consistently describe the Holy Spirit outpouring on the day of Pentecost as the birthday of the church. That's kind of odd. But when you begin to read different authors and different theologians, they'll actually describe the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as being the birthday of the church. It's because of the events that followed that actually gave the birth to the New Testament church. There were things that happened that brought forth the church and it brought it forth in power. As a matter of fact, if you remember Jesus, he looked at disciples. He told them how he was going to go away and how he would come back again. And, but before he would leave, he would uh, uh, before he left he said, you're going to before before you take steps, some of you are going to see the kingdom of God come in great power. And that was on the day of Pentecost. However we know that it was through the blood of Christ that the church was purchased and created. We see that in scripture in Acts 20 verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all Of the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the Church of God, which He has purchased with His own blood. We know that God, in the very beginning, what did He do? He put Adam asleep, and He took from him out of his side a rib, and there He made him a wife. Eve, Adam's wife, was actually taken out of the side of Adam himself. Even so, when the Roman soldiers went up and speared Christ in the side. While he was yet on the cross, it was there that his church was purchased. It was there that his church began to be formed. As Adam's wife was formed and created from out of his side, even so, as the blood oozed out of the side of Christ upon that cross, the church was being formed and created as well, which is the bride of Christ, the wife of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. God put Adam asleep and took a rib from his side and made him a woman. Even so, as Christ went to sleep, when he cried out, Eli, Eli, Lamash, Shabbat, it is finished. And he died, and he gave up the ghost. It was there that the church, the wife of Christ, was being formed. And it was coming from out of who he was himself. It was Christ's death and blood that purchased and formed the New Testament church. But it is the Holy Spirit that gives life to that church. Can I have an amen? It's just like in the very beginning. God made a man out of the dust of the earth. He formed a body. He formed an image, but there was a problem. There was no life in that image. It was nothing but an empty shell. When you looked at it, it felt like a body. When you looked at it, it just looked like someone asleep, someone laying there lifeless, but it was a body that God had fashioned and formed and created out of the dust of ground. Even as God took a rib and made a woman, yet he took clay and made a man. He took the elements of the earth and there laid that man there lifeless. And then the Bible says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen that that day that that body was laying there lifeless, formed, everything was intact, but he just laid there as if it had no power. But God come by and just went into his nostrils. And man stood up on his feet and he was alive forevermore. Do you realize all life comes from God? Can you give God praise for your life here this morning? (laughs) Oh, I'm about to preach. Calvary formed the church. It brought forth the image of the church, but the church must have the breath of God to blow upon it to actually be the functioning church that God desires for it to be. Calvary birthed the church. It purchased the church. It bought the church, but it was the agent of the Holy Spirit that empowers the church and brings it alive. So we don't only need Calvary here today. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to fall in our midst, Would you just lift your hands and say, Oh, Spirit, fall on us today. Oh, Spirit, fall upon us today. Oh, Spirit, fall upon us today. Hallelujah just like in Ezekiel 37 when God showed him his church in the valley of dry bones. God said to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel looked him over and scratched his head and said, thou knowest. He come back a second time and he said, oh son of man, can these bones live? And he sat there and he said, well, only thou knowest. And then he asked him a third time, son of man, can these bones live? And he looked and seen those bones, white bleached bones scattered all over that earth. And he said, Lord, if you say they can live, they can live. And some may ask, well, what do you consider or why do you consider the Valley of Dry Bones as Ezekiel's church? Some don't understand what the dry bones symbolize or what they actually represent in Scripture. It is considered or replied to as the church in the Bible. We'll prove it. And the reason that we know that it's Ezekiel's church is because what happens in Ezekiel 37 and 4 when God told Ezekiel to do something. Verse 4, it says, again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Can you imagine a preacher going out in the middle of a valley, and as far as the eye could see, was nothing but white bleached bones of people that had died, and animals had scattered their bones all over that place. There might have been a skull here, and a leg bone there, and an ankle bone way over there, but all of them, there was thousands of people there, and then Bones were everywhere. Here goes this old preacher. This is his church. And he begins to go through that. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye bones. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye bones. you bones hear the word of the Lord and he began to pre- he began to preach to those old bones I like that God actually tells the great prophet to preach to the dry dead bleached bones that was scattered all over that valley and look at verse 7 and 8 let me stop right here and say as you look out the doors of this church there may be sinew on them and there may be flesh but there's walking dead men everywhere You, every time I turn on the television it's always talk about zombies. I'm so sick of seeing about zombies. But when you look out there, the sinner ain't nothing but a zombie. He's a walking dead man. And I'm here to tell them here today: Hear ye the word of the Lord, O oh ye zombies? Can I have an amen? Oh God's a- God's about to do something in this house. Oh God, give us victory here. And here in verse 7 and 8, he said, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. There was a noise. Something began to happen. Everybody talks about, well, you don't have to have it loud. Quietness makes me nervous. I know there's quiet times. I know when God moves quietly and reverently at times. But I also know that every time Israel was in trouble, every time that they were being brought under judgment and said in a quiet time came for the space of so many months. Why? Because praise had left the earth. Why? Because the noise of the Spirit had left the earth. The praise and the adoration and the glory. I want to tell you, church, it's not a time to be quiet with everything that's coming against our nation. We need to let the devil know, even though he's fighting with everything that's within him, because he knows he has been a short time. It's time for the church to say, hey, we're still alive. Hey, we're still here. Hey, we're the remnant. We're not going anywhere. You're not driving us out. You're not stopping our mouth. We're declaring the word of the Lord in the land of the living. Why don't you just stand to your feet and let the devil hear you praise God. Let him know that we're not going anywhere. Oh, praise him. Yeah. I'm about to chase a rabbit, and I don't know if I should or not, but I want to tell you something. When they accused Jesus' disciples of not being a part of him, he said, hey, listen, if they weren't a part of me and if they were of this world, they would be fighting right now. They'd be drawing swords and fighting, but because they're of me, they're not fighting that kind of a fight. They're fighting a spiritual fight. Come on, they're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to tell you what you just done, whether you realize it or not. As dark as our land is and as bad as the enemy is coming in and all these different demonic presence is coming across our borders when America was free of it because in the Westerners, preachers of old paid the price and congregations of old paid the price and they bound them spirit and they drove them out of our land and they were no longer common among the among our societies where well, they're coming back. Demon possession is popping up all over this land but I'm here to tell them hey buddy you might as well go back and pack your bags and go back from where you come from because you're not going to have havoc here. We're still here. We still got a voice. We still got a dominion. There's still a us We're not afraid of you. We're not backing down from you. We're not cowing down. We're not giving in. We're not being silent. We're going to stand up and let our voices be heard and when you stood up and begin to praise the name of the Lord. You were punching holes in the darkness. Can I have an amen? Verse seven and eight says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. As I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shakening. You ready for a shakening? And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Now here's Ezekiel, obeying the voice of the Lord. He goes out and he begins to prophesy to them, preach to them. Oh, dry bones, you'll live. Oh, dry bones, you'll come together. Oh, dry... And that started happening. There's power in the word of God. It's sharp and quicker than any two edged sword. Can I have an amen? And here he is, prophesying, and they come together. But the problem of it is, we sometimes wonder why does partial victory come but not full victory? Aren't you tired of partial victory? He prophesies, and it begins to happen. Man, what a sight! I tell you, if I'd been a preacher that had a church like that and that happened, you'd still see me running and shouting down the street somewhere. I mean, to tell you this, bone, all, all them bones rattling, coming together, skulls flying through the air, hooking up to a, a chest and a neck and the neck, hooking up to the chest and however that, that goes. Amen. And guess what? There wasn't somebody say, hey, I think I got a wrong leg. Can you switch me? God knew where every single one of those bones were at. God knew where everyone one was displaced. There was some rotted and decayed, and he, boop, just made another one. I'm getting somewhere. Hang with me. All of a sudden, them bones just, and all of a sudden, he looked out there in a bunch of skeletons, and then all of a sudden, stuff started forming them called muscle and tissue and sinew. Flesh begin to be formed upon those old bodies. Woo! My I remember I had a friend one time, he may even be here, I won't mention his name because he might not want me to tell it. But he went to pick up a body for a a funeral home. Went up around St. Louis somewhere, got him in a put the body in a, a, a station wagon. On the way home he decided that he was hungry. And he went to a McDonald's drive-thru, and all of a sudden that corpse just went whoop, just stood straight up. <laughs> he had church that day. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> just sometimes things happen weird. I don't know, they explained to what all it was. But the truth of the matter is, there was something phenomenal happened in that valley. But notice that after Ezekiel began to prophesy and preach to these bones, they begin to rattle, shake, make noise, and come together. Isn't that what Calvary does? Isn't that what Jesus does for us? Jesus is the word. He begins to form us into a new creature. When we come to Calvary, guess what happens? We are made what? New creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He brings us together as one body. He molds us and forms us into an image of Christ himself. And that's what all that represented. But notice Ezekiel said what he said in verse 8. And when I beheld lo, the sinew, the flesh, came upon them, and the skins covered them above. But there was no breath in them, no life in them. What the word done to these bones is what God has done in the very beginning of the creation of man. The word formed, it shaped, it brought forth an image, it created. But the problem was they were lifeless. There was no breath in those bodies. Notice that Ezekiel didn't hear movement, just hear movement. He heard noises, things were happening. He not only seen movement, but there was noises, bones shaking and coming together. But that's all that seemed to happen is that out of that big bang, nothing really happened other than the body came together. It unified as a body, as, as, as an army laying out there dead and hopeless. It was the noise of a structure forming. And sometimes we get that mixed up, we hear a noise and we automatically think that the noise is, we interpret it as victory itself only to wake up and there's something that did happen. God was forming and preparing and getting us ready, but the victory ain't quite come yet. And the problem with the church is we want to stop way too soon. We don't know how to persevere. Somebody said the other day about all the prayers that we've been praying and some of the things that we're not seeing, and they're saying, man, I'm getting discouraged. Yet on the other hand, we're seeing a lot of things. Look what you've seen on the stage this morning. That's a divine miracle. Amen. We're seeing homes restored, families being brought back together. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're seeing it all over this church. We're seeing victory. We're not seeing all the victory as of yet. We don't need to get discouraged. We need to learn how to persevere. I got a email from um, Jeff Schlusher's wife Last night, and he's doing real bad, and his kidneys are trying to shut down, and they said, you might want to call in the family. And, and, uh, and she was being quiet because Jeff was in the bed by her, and he, she, he, she thought he was asleep. And um, when she got done texting me, he looked over and raised his head up and said, I'm not dying. <laughs> Perseverance. Determination. Come on, somebody. The the victory, the move of God sometimes comes in many different ways and in many different phases. Victory sometimes comes also in increments. And God wants me to tell this congregation, you've seen my move. You've heard my rattling. You've heard the noise. You've seen the movement. But get ready get ready. Oh, you're about to see the end result of what it's all about. Can I have an amen? Notice Ezekiel did hear movement, but that, that was all it was. That was nothing but noise. I, they had a form. They have a structure, but they're dead. The noise is nothing but the noise of religion. Haven't you seen a lot of churches like that? They have a form, they have an image that makes a loud noise and they proclaim great things, but under the surface, they're lifeless. Come on. Their noise is nothing but the noise of religion. They're lifeless. It's rendered ineffective. Isn't that what Paul said in what he's saying in 2 Timothy 3 and 5, having a form of godliness? And notice the word godliness. They appear to be godly. They're pure people, seem to be holy, you know. You can't really judge them for anything they're doing wrong. But there's one thing they do. They deny the power thereof from such turn away. I don't want to come in here and just say, I'm a Christian. I've been born again. I've been brought and I've been put into what you would call the order and structure of Christ's church. I want that. That's the only way you can be born again. But don't stop there. I don't want to just be a, a voice that lays there and doesn't have influence or power. I don't want to be a life that makes no difference. I don't want to just proclaim Christianity as if, okay, I'm arrived, I'm saved. I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Come on, somebody. I want to interpret tongues and interpretate tongues and, 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 and interpret tongues. I, I want to prophesy. Come on, somebody. I, I want this gifts of discernment, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. I want the Holy Spirit to use me in every facet way that he wants to use me. I don't want to be a dead Christian. But they have no substance, no power to penetrate the forces of darkness. We're here to make a difference, folks, you and I. They have no power to make a difference. They are limited because of an empty form. They are rendered ineffective due to a lack of power caused by a lifeless form. They're dead. They look the part. They act the part. They go through the motions. They have the mechanics down. They say the right things. They do the right things. They put on a good show, but they're in, at the end of the day, there's no results, no fruit. They may be together. They may have an appearance of a church they may look apart, they may act apart, but they still remain the same every single Sunday. Did you know that it's possible to do the right things, say the right things, look the part, act apart, part, have an image of a Christian, and it may even be possible to go through the motions, go through the acts, go through the procedures, have the right protocol, and still yet not have life-changing results. God help us. Listen to what Ezekiel told us again. Then said he unto me, "Prophesy unto the wind." Son of man, and say to the wind, this saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain that they may live. The word began to sit and form. We gotta have the word. It sets the structure. Come on, you, got, you gotta be born again before the spirit can enter into you. But it sets you into a structure. It sets you into the kingdom. It places you in the kingdom of God. Right now, there is a structure. There's a protocol. It's, we follow the biblical examples of how they done ministry, and I'm not going to break all that down and what it all means with the different furnishings. But we, we follow the same Old Testament pattern of how we do services, how the, the lampstand represents a certain thing and the table of showbread represents a certain thing, and, and, and we set all those things in order, and every Sunday we come in here, we enter in with worship, and then, when we'll worship, then we receive offerings of thanksgiving to the Lord. And then we'll have another little worship that prepares the way for the Word. And the people set in the congregation of the upright to hear the Word of the Lord. And you know what you are right now? You are in a form, you are in an order that's been placed upon you by your biblical principles of being born again. Right now, we're in order, a structured service. And it needs to be ordered, it needs to be structured. But now we need somebody to come by and start prophesying to the wind. Come on, somebody. We need now the wind to start blowing upon the structure. See, if there's no structure, the Spirit can't move because it moves through the structure of the Word. It never gets outside of the guidelines of the Word, it always operates through the Word, by the Word. Come on, somebody. And when we've been created and formed and fashioned and come under the image of the Word, then the Holy Spirit comes by and He begins to blow upon those that's in the future. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> he begins to move upon the congregation. Now the congregation has got a choice. Do we resist, do we quench, or do we yield? And I'm asking you here today, as a Pentecostal church, yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit here today. It's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to be ashamed. It's not a time to wonder. It's a time to find out the things of the spirit to taste and see that they are good. And God has promised, Oh Hata Bashanda Bahaya, God has promised us that if you ask for an egg in the place of an egg, He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's if you ask for a if you ask for a fish in the place of the fish, He's not going to give you a stone. Come on, somebody. God's saying if you know how to give good gifts. To your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? Don't be afraid. God wants to give the good gift of the Holy Spirit upon this congregation. I'd like for you to stand with me just for a moment, lift your hands and say, Fall on us, Holy Spirit. Fall on us, o Holy Spirit. Ha 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 Oh, lift your hands and praise the name of the Lord. <sighs> let, let let me just give you a fast review of this message, and then we're going to have an altar call. It's just the holy spirit just give the whole message there to walk in unity and to have structure and to have a, have have what purpose and have a a, a, a driving vision listen to what the, the word of the lord says through all of this passage of scripture First of all, he said, "I want you to prophesy to the wind." And he got. He says, "Okay, I prophesied the dry bones. Now I got to prophesy to the wind." He's just going to go out there and he's going to prophesy. And it may seem that he was beating the air. You can sit down for a few minutes. I may go a little longer than what I thought. I'm feeling this thing. Woo. You know what? I feel like right now. I feel like my mama. Ha. But we don't just need the noise and the feeling. And the, we got to do something with it. We got to go all the way. Come on, somebody. Hi! Can I have a witness in this house? And so he goes, now I got to go out here and I got I to start prophesying to the wind. So here's a bunch of people laying all over that valley that's come together. They got muscle. They got flesh. They, they got a full-blown body. And they're just laying everywhere. Pentecostal people come by and say, Woo, look how many people were slain in the spirit in his church. Baptist people come by and say, Look, that crazy church. Nevertheless, they're laying there, and here's Ezekiel thinking, Now what? He said, Now go prophesy to that wind. So he went out there and he started prophesying to the wind. Oh, oh, wind. And he said he he called it from all four corners of the earth. He went out there and he was saying, How? Hey, Holy Spirit, to the west, come over here. Hey, Holy Spirit, to the south, come over here. Hey, Holy Spirit, to the east, come over here. Hey, Holy Spirit, to the north, come over here. Because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's in every part of the world, everywhere. And Ezekiel's saying, what I need, I don't need a portion of the Spirit. I need the Spirit without measure. I need the part of the spirit to the west. I need the part of the spirit to the east. I need the part of the spirit to the south. I need the part of the spirit to the north. I don't want just a part. I want it all. Give it me all. Give me all. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started coming. That wind started blowing from the north. That wind started blowing from the south. That wind started blowing from the east. That wind started blowing from the south. And guess what? When it met where they were at, bam! they collided together. And when they did, all of that army stood up with life and vitality and they seated a great army stood up. And that was the nation of Israel, which was the church in the wilderness. God revived his church. Don't tell me God can't revive you. There ain't been nobody as dead as them people were dead. That's why I said white bleached bones. There wasn't no tissue left on them. There, there wasn't. I mean, the the cows done gnawed every bit of flesh off that you could get off of it. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of a T-bone steak that come off a of Miller plate. But it will eat the bone if it lays there long enough. Clean that sucker up. There wasn't nothing there. They were dead, 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 dead. Dead as you could get. Scattered. But I want to tell you, when God got done with them, there arose an exceedingly great army. Come on, somebody. And if you'll follow the New Testament church, when Peter, intimidated, afraid of the Jews, went and followed Christ to fall off along with John, the rest of them went and hid, and forsook him and fled. And Jesus died on that cruel cross. And here was a lifeless Though disciples, lifeless. They're no longer excited. They lost their zeal. You know what they've done? They lost their life. They lost their courage. They lost their faith. Instead of going out and preaching and declaring that these things must come to pass like he told them that it was going to. They were afraid. And everything that he said went through one ear and right out the other. They're all afraid. They're bundled up. They're, Peter's falling four off. And then when they catch Peter by the fire, there's a little damsel who said, Oh, you were the one with him. I wasn't with him. Oh, yeah, you were the one with him. He started cursing about, Bla, blah, 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 blank. I was not. And he, she kept on. And finally he says, I take it oath. He swore, he took an oath that he wasn't with him. That's how miserably he failed. Here they were all hiding because of the fear of the Jews. (laughs) Until there was word sent to him saying, hey, old Mary's down there at the tomb and says he's not there. Hello? What happens? Old Peter and John take off running. They get to the tomb and old John hesitates a little bit. Old Peter just runs right in. There's an angel of the Lord standing there. Nevertheless, he seemed that the tomb was empty. All of a sudden, he was told to go to Jerusalem. Jesus appeared to them and said, go to Jerusalem and wait and tarry until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they went there and they tarried for 10 days and for 10 nights. And all of a sudden, on the day of Pentecost, when it filled that room, them intimidated, fearful, unbelieving, hurt, discouraged, people that were hiding from the Jews, old Peter went right out there to the very ones that he denied Jesus to and he started preaching Christ and him crucified and how they crucified him on the cross. And the church was birthed as a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 souls were saved that day in one sermon. Amen? And then it went on and it said, then they what? They stayed saved. They went on going from house to house, studying the doctrine of the apostles, breaking bread with one another and fellowshipping with one with another. And then you know what it says? And then they started being a giving church. They looked at people that didn't have enough and they started selling their own goods to give money to help somebody. Mission started. Come on, the church began to be formed. And from that day forward, the church of Jesus Christ, the remnant has been alive and well. Are we a remnant? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. This morning, I don't know about you, we need the spirit. I said, we need the spirit. There's so much hurt. There's things going on right now. Me as a pastor, I've run across a lot of things in my life and I've tried to help the best I could to give courage and, and, and comfort. And But there's things going on right now. It's hard to comfort some people because you don't have the answers for them. But what we need more than anything, because one of the things the Lord showed me in this sermon was that even the Word brought on the sinew and the muscle and the tissue. The muscle was there. It can't be done by raw strength. It can't be done by the ingenuity and the talents and the ability of man. What we're wanting to see, folks, what you're wanting to see, it can't be done by us doing the things we've always done and being what we've always been. We gotta be challenged to be something different and it's got to be a thing of the spirit and not just the raw strength of men. Oh yeah, we're to to do what we know to do. That's important that we're obedient to the things we know to do. But we need God to come and enable us to breathe upon us, to be able to do things that's beyond our ability to do. To move mountains the bigger than we are, to remove obstacles, to kill giants. There's people needing the apostolic anointing to not only fall on a handful of people, but a congregation. To where the congregation goes out in the highways and the byways and the hedges, and they walk into people's homes that's distraught, lay hands upon them, and peace immediately comes to them. Come on, somebody. Where people that are distraught about to do suicide, that they walk in and they cancel death's assignment. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know why, but I don't really feel like having an altar call. I think we can have it right where we're sitting. I just want you to start lifting your hands. I just want you to say, "Oh God, start refreshing us." I think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are going to begin to work. I believe people beside you are going to begin to pray for one another. I believe that somebody's going to be led of the Holy Spirit. going to be key in this service. That's going to start laying hands on people and things are going to begin to start happening. If you really want it, ask God for it. If you want a difference in your family, you want your daughter delivered. You want your son delivered. You want your... Your 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 neighbor delivered, you want your friend delivered, then seek the spirit. Say, fall on us, Holy Spirit. Rain on us, O Holy Spirit. Oh, pour out your spirit upon us, O God. I don't want to be straight as a gum barrel, but just as empty as Mary Ruth Stone said. I don't want to do the right things and do the right say the right things only to be empty shell that lays there lifeless. God, give me the Spirit without measure. Give us a holy kiss right here in the name of Jesus. This is something I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me about. If this section right here was split right down the middle, I want you to go out towards the hall. Oh, the aisle. This section split, y'all come this way with them. You go to that aisle, and y'all come this direction. And y'all do the same thing. This direction, that direction. Oh, Holy Spirit, this is beautiful. Right here is an army of at least 700 people magnificent army I want you to pray for the person around you and pray for yourself that God would start using you in the apostolic anointing outside of this church it's not the church's job to become secular to try to win the secular it's us to become spiritual go out and win them and they come into a spiritual encounter start praying one for another right now and just say, God, let the apostolic anointing fall on them. Don't be afraid. to say, God, let the Holy Spirit, of apostolic anointing to fall upon them. Give them the power to witness. Give them the power, God, of anointing. Form us in unity. Let us have all things in common like the early church did. That all things common, God. Unify us. Unify us.
1: nothing worth more that will live
0: other thing I want you to do lift your hands together as a corporate body and worship the Lord for a moment. Keep praying but keep worshiping as well. Uh, worship him as a corporate body. Oh magnify his name. Spirit is truly visited with us this morning, and I know that sometimes He don't always meet our expectations. But we gotta seek after Him. We gotta hunger after Him. And I've been trying to stir up hunger in the body for the Holy Spirit. Some of you are feeling like that you're not holy enough, or that you're not righteous enough. If you've been to Calvary, you're holy. If you've been to Calvary, you've been washed. You're made new. You're a new creature in Christ. You're a candidate for everything that God's got for you. You may be immature, but it is for the immature. Peter fell miserably, cursed, took an oath, done all of that, but yet he was on the day of Pentecost filled with the Holy Ghost because he was converted and forgiven. God bless you. We love you this morning. Bring that fire with you tonight, and we give you the praise. Lord, we give you the praise. Amen.